What's up? This is Jeff Staple of the Business of Hype. And as everyone on planet Earth now knows, this is kind of a strange time that we're living in. With everyone hunkered down in their own homes, we were challenged with figuring out how to make a show, both logistically, because I typically interview all of my guests in person, but also like conceptually, like what do you guys want to actually listen to right now in the midst of what we're facing? What do y'all need right now? So we figured maybe let's call a bunch of the good people that have been on the show and just ask them how they're dealing and coping with Corona, both from a business standpoint, but also a personal one. I think hearing from people that inspire us will help us to figure out the footing in these uncertain times. I think we all go through this daily battle of figuring out big picture problems like family and unemployment and health while also tackling minutia, tiny details like when was the last time I washed my hands or do I have enough toilet paper and it's a time to replace my mask or can I get away with one more day? These are definitely very unprecedented times. And so this is just our small part in attempting to gather us together and share some stories. I hope you're able to get something out of these. I know for sure it's helped me out a lot just to have these conversations. Okay, let's get into it. First of all, thank you for uh, taking some time in this in this crazy moment that we're living in. Uh, before we get started, uh, introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, what you do, and where are you right now? I'm Errolson Yu, and uh, I have a lot of time right now, Jeff, so this is absolutely <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, I'm normally the creative director of Acronym, and uh, I'm normally in Berlin, but right now I'm in London, okay. uh, hiding out um, during the global pandemic. Yeah. So you're you're my first uh guest from London. How give us a little survey. How is it over there? Well, for me it's good. Um I'm here, like I said, with my girlfriend and her oh. apartment is um right in central London. I think it's called uh, Fitzrovia. Mm -hmm. Um so right in the middle of it. And uh, but her place is really well set up to hide out in. And um it's kind of funny because um even though it's quarantine and whatever, like this is what we do anyway when we're together in london <laughs> so it's like <laughs> just stay home you know watch tv and uh take a lot of naps and order a lot of food so that's that's yeah. going great that's going great but i mean london in general um we've only been outside i think twice uh -huh. uh, to get groceries um since like almost three weeks now yeah um and uh the first time was on a saturday at uh, 6 p.m and we walked right through Soho and right through Chinatown. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it's 28 days later. There was just nobody on the street. Yep. It was wild. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was the first time I was like, oh, it'd be great to drive around in London. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Every other time I, I take a cab in London, I, I always forget, like, I should have just walked. Like, it was yeah, yeah. But, uh You know, multiple times during this, like, quasi-apocalypse, multiple times <laughs> I've thought, I thought, man, Errolson knew this was coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he prepared us. He geared us for this, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of messages on Twitter, especially. We're like, yeah, thanks for setting us up. <laughs> no, but isn't this like, honestly, isn't this like the perfect acronym time now? <laughs> Aside from the fact you're not supposed to go outside. <laughs> Yes, but if you do, yeah. you should be like third armed up and like, you know, like just yeah. everything. 
I mean, yeah, you know, like I haven't really changed the way I dress that much. So, right. <laughs> so, so I guess it is. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's wild. Yeah. yeah. So tell me like gearing up for this, like if you could sort of rewind the clock a couple of months, like maybe 30 or 60 days. Yeah. Were you sort of preparing or gearing up for anything that like coronavirus just sort of punched you in the face because of it? Um, well, it didn't really punch us in the face, but, but obviously it, it changed the way things, things went. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we were watching the situation. Um, you know, we have a new factory we've been working with now for about two years uh, and they're in China. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first, you know, our suppliers like, you know, Gore-Tex and our factory, um, they put out the warnings first. Um, and then also and this because is back in like December or January, this is in December already. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and then also because my girlfriend is uh, from Beijing, she lives in London, but she's originally mm-hmm. from Beijing. So all her friends were going through the whole lockdown um, months ago. Right. And uh, so I got sort of an insight into that, that wasn't really being covered by Western media at the time. Totally. Yeah. And then, uh, and then also when it did sort of take over, um, in the yeah, I think South Korea, you know, South Korea and the United States, you know, yep. pretty much Japan. found at the same time. Yeah, um, and then my Korean friends were also like, you know, sort of giving us the daily updates on like what's happening, and we're checking in with everyone, and mm-hmm. so we sort of knew what was going on. Um, and then before that, just before it kind of uh, became serious in America, or at least in the, in the mind of the public, we were setting up for two projects out of LA actually. Mm-hmm. And I was in Berlin, you know, and Germany's probably the best prepared country in Europe. Um, yeah. everything's quite, you know, well organized there. So they were all set. <laughs> but then these two projects that we were in the early prep stages of in, uh, in Los, Los Angeles were happening. My friend, David, uh, David Rudnick, who's a graphic designer that we're working with on them. He called me up and was like, you know what? We should probably go to LA right now. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's about to totally, you know, I was looking at all the projections. It's like, it's going to peak like right now. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, yeah, but after this, we'll never be able to go back. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be, it'll be like quite a while before we're allowed to go uh-huh. back. You know, it could be months. It could be, like, who knows, right? And we're like, yeah. um, I, I was really, I was like, nah, I don't want to go. But then, and then I was like, what if I don't go? I'm just right. going to be stuck here in Berlin and be bored out of my mind. So, um Ignoring everyone's advice, <laughs> <laughs> you hopped up, booked a ticket, <laughs> booked a ticket, and went to LA. Yeah, and then you know, arriving in LA, getting on the plane, you know, I was like, masked up and the whole thing, and everybody was like, kind of looking at me. Um, going through London, I flew through London, and uh-huh. landing in LA. You know, it was the easiest I'd ever had it at immigration in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was empty. I was out of the airport empty, in like yeah. seconds. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I was like, this is really good, and also kind of concerning <laughs> uh-huh. but um yeah and then the first couple of days we were there was fine you know i knew where i was going what i was doing wasn't going to be around crowds of people or anything except at the airport mm-hmm. and um and then right during that week is one kind of when everything started to get locked down and david who had encouraged me to go on this trip <laughs> he actually when it started when it started to go sideways he was like all right i'm uh, actually leaving early <laughs> and he was out like the next day and uh, thanks <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, David. No, it's fine. And then, uh, but I decided I had booked a ticket. I think it was the 16th um, that I uh-huh. left. And, uh, Back and to London. My, girl, my girlfriend had actually come with me from London to LA mm-hmm. to, just to hang out as well. And then um, 
when we landed at Heathrow, there was uh, someone else as we were leaving the airport was like, yo, we were at the same hotel as you. <laughs> did you have to book? Like, did you have to get out of there early too? And we were like, no, this is the times we had. It's like, oh yeah, the, we, you know, our flights all got canceled and we had to change uh-huh. the whole trip. And so we literally got like the last flight. <laughs> Damn. And uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And it turned out to be right. Um, we had really good meetings when we were there. <laughs> And did a lot of stuff. And left, right. But the and last now, Yeah, and then left. And now we can uh, spend the next couple of months kind of working away on it. So oh, it's nice. good. Yeah. Good. As long as you didn't get a virus from that. <laughs> yeah. And now it's past two weeks. So now <laughs> should be fine. Yeah. Good. Yeah. How's it affected the business of acronym? Um, well, I mean, things have slowed down a little bit, um, obviously. I think, I think mm-hmm. we're quite lucky, though. We're, we're, we're not, um, we don't have a super time sensitive business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're doing drops all the time or um, following the calendar or anything like that, right? Yeah, exactly. We pretty much have only two drops a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually the next, the, the, the one, the next one is coming up. I think it's actually Monday. Yeah. And you're able to hit it. You're like, you're able yeah, to. Yeah, we're able to hit it. So uh, the factory in China, um, where most of the stuff is coming from for this drop, like I said, they closed down. They were on quarantine for, I think almost a month, mm-hmm. um, but they're very well organized. And then, once the quarantine was lifted, I think it was I think it was about two weeks delay in total. So okay, not bad. Um, that was fine. Yeah. And do you uh, still have facilities in like Europe for manufacturing? Yeah. So that's the other half is in uh, Czech Republic. Um, uh huh. And our factory in Czech Republic is uh, they're down to skeleton crew. Um, we told everybody like if you don't want to go to work, you know you don't have to. Like Czech uh, Czech Republic, they were one of the first in Europe to close the borders. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had it relatively under control quite early. And then a lot of the people in the company, you know, they have kids and whatever. So obviously they're staying home to go take care of their kids. But quite a few of the people in the company wanted to keep working. So we were like, I mean, if you really want to come in, like uh, we had everybody masked up and hand sanitizer everywhere and yeah. iced everyone out and did all that stuff. But um, uh-huh. yeah, there's still, I think it's about 12 people that are going there okay. um, now, uh, down from like, I don't know. 60 70 so oh wow it's a small it's a small operation but it's still going and actually because of the timing production was basically finishing up so it was just like you know, some packaging prepping and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, right to get ready for the the deliveries has this has this ordeal sort of made you think about the future of your business at all um i mean it hasn't really no um okay. because like i said the it does. I think that with the with this pandemic, the thing that it calls into question is really like how well do our systems work mm-hmm. in, in general? You know, I think it's kind of a wake up call in a lot of levels to a lot of different parts of you know differing societies. And um, uh, but acronym sort of operates anyway, kind of on the outside mm-hmm. of the existing systems. So we're in a way. Um, as much as it's possible to be, you know, set up to sort of work with this type of thing. Yeah. Um, so right. we don't, you know, we don't have, like I said, it's the, the stuff we make isn't isn't time sensitive. We can even if the deliveries were super late, like the collection isn't going to change um, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's three months later. Even if it's a different season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the gear we design, it's it's designed to last as long as possible, and you can use it in every season and all that. Um, but then also, you know, we don't make a ton of stuff. We don't have like you know, giant collections. We don't um, overproduce things with the expectation of you know marking them down and you know all that kind of stuff. So it's very mm-hmm. we have a we have a small footprint, I guess, relative to 
the more traditional uh, apparel businesses. Right. So in that respect, we're in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. So like the recent, like they recently announced like Paris Fashion Week was not happening and Market Week's not happening. Like, so that, that whole fashion industry that has been sort of grinded to a halt doesn't really affect you at all. Yeah, not at all, actually. Yeah. So that's good. Like, I don't even, I go to Fashion Week sometimes, but I just got to hang out with friends and <laughs> that's about it, right? Yeah. And see what's going on when I have time. Um, uh-huh. But like, we don't have a showroom. We don't do any of that stuff. Everything's online. You know, it's uh, we're as uh, off the grid as it is possible to be. I think and still have yeah. a fashion brand. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> right. So. That's good. Uh, how about productivity wise? Like now that you're cooped up in the same four walls every day for the past few weeks, are you finding it tra- challenging to stay productive and inspired? Um, yes and no. Not really, actually. No, it's um, not not challenging. You mean no, like not it, challenging. Yeah, because it's. Uh, I mean. I think anybody who's any creative person who's done like something with like serious deadlines or like you know, uh, where they've needed to generate a lot of stuff has gone into these sort of like lockdown phases on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, just as part of the practice where you're just like, all right, I have to like not see anyone for three weeks and just do this mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> just live at the studio or whatever. So it's not like an uh, unknown territory for me at all. In some ways, it's kind of comforting. It's kind of like what I do all the time. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> and now the whole world is following suit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like more relaxed even than normal mm-hmm. because I guess the only thing I run into trouble with is like when I try to interface with the rest of the world and, you know, I'm on my own time zone. I have like my own weird rhythm and uh, mm-hmm. other people go to work at regular hours and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's friction, but but now everybody's kind of like more flexible and, you know, it's just right. a different vibe, so that's that's kind of been easier almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're staying I, you're staying sane and like level headed through all this. There's no yeah. I've, I've had maybe two days where I was like kind of freaking myself out, um, mm-hmm. which you can definitely do with <laughs> with Twitter or with any news source. Yep. Really. But um, and the first day was actually when we were leaving LA um, when it just started because uh, I like I said I'd managed to avoid you know crowds of people and and whatever the whole time I was there. And then right when we were boarding, came down and went to the gate right on time. And then they delayed the flight because I guess they were, I guess they were sanitizing actually, mm-hmm. but it ended up taking three hours. So we're uh-huh. stuck in the, at the gate for like three hours with hundreds of people and yeah. no one could tell us like, we'll come back in 20 minutes or you know, go get dinner uh-huh. or whatever. So we all just ended up <laughs> clustering around this thing. And then I was like, all right. I'm going to lose it here. <laughs> and everybody's sneezing and you know, coughing. And yeah. It's like, it's like, this is not cool. And nobody, you know, nobody had masks. Nobody was like. You did though, right? I did. Yeah, we did for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, crazy. What have you learned about like people in general, like just humanity through all this? <laughs> well, I mean, there's just big cultural differences, right? Like, uh-huh. um, I'm sure like. You know, like me, you've traveled to Japan a lot and seen anyone who's gotten a cold in Japan, I don't know how long since I've been going there, like since 91, um, at least they've been wearing masks, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not as a, it's a courtesy to everyone else. So if I have a yeah. cough, I cover up, you know, with a mask. And, uh, you know, and they, that's just normal conduct over there. Yep. Um, so it wasn't any kind of, you know, big thing for me to get my head around that you should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's amazing how much uh, resistance there is uh, in Western society to that idea. Yeah, and then also just the amount of like side eye you get. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I, think so. over, I think that's person. over. I think that's over now. I think yeah, after this, yeah. it'll be yeah. like masks will be normal. I hope so. Yeah, it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah. How about just like, have you found that people, you know, and this is a very generalized statement, but have you found that people are more good slash helpful or like every man for himself, I'm going to eat your children? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, in in day to day, Uh I haven't really noticed that much of a difference. It seems pretty, I mean, I haven't had any... I've read a lot of you know stuff about discrimination against Asians and all that kind of thing, especially yeah. if you're wearing a mask. And uh, I've definitely gotten more side eye than usual, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know while doing that. But other than that, you know, no, it's been it's been pretty civilized. Yeah. Um, obviously, reading the news, you can find stories in both directions. Right. I think that's the interesting part about the news and Twitter is like if whatever perspective you want to find, it'll send you down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's a it's an echo chamber for sure. Yeah. It's it's uh, definitely to be consumed with the uh, with care and uh, knowledge of of that of that dynamic. Yeah. What do you feel like, you know, um a lot of industries are sort of really hammered by this, but which one are you kind of really feeling the most sympathetic towards? Like for example, uh, for me, it's like I feel really bad for the food industry because it was just a like a light switch off moment, you know, like all the waiters, waitresses, chefs are just like jobless overnight. So like, but I don't know which one do you feel most sympathetic towards? I mean, definitely the medical profession, like, you know, know, everybody who's working in healthcare now and has to like basically put themselves at risk because of, you know, lack of planning or foresight or whatever, you know, led up to these shortages of, of PPE and, Mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that's that just by by totally you know that's just horrible yeah and uh, i'm so thankful and so uh obviously those are the most inspiring stories you read mm-hmm. but yeah you know I, I definitely just the other day i was talking to somebody a family member of mine and you know she lost her job and her boyfriend mm-hmm. lost her job on the same day and they, damn. they're just they're just out <laughs> i was like god damn it's so harsh and uh you know it's the it's it's crazy so, yeah I mean, I feel for every every small business, really. You know, Acronym is, is a small operation, and I fully understand how real it is to like make payroll every month and how to mm-hmm. you know how how tight the margins are. You know, it's not even a long disruption, right? It's a relatively yeah. On on the grand scheme of things, it's a, it's a short disruption, yeah. And um, you know, kind of and conversely, I'm sort of dumbfounded by like larger corporations where you would think, you know, billion dollar operations you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they would have sort of more foresight or at least more resources for this more type cushion. of thing. Somehow, you know, had the foresight to organize a buffer, but it's, it's, you know, everybody's vulnerable and uh, it's, it's, really, crazy. it's really showing that. These billion dollar corporations are also living month to month like we are. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think that's one of the big wake up calls is like, yeah, the whole thing is supported by people who work minimum wage. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. like if they stop, everything else grinds to a halt. And, uh, and I think the irony here is that like, you know, um, a lot of people take the nine to five route because of job security. Right. And they yeah. don't want to pursue an operation that's like true. acronym yeah. because of that. But then the irony here is that like, who's really looking out for you when shit hits the fan like this? You know, like yeah. so many of my friends are also laid off and it's like, oh man, you would think that they would have looked out, you know? And and I'm, I'm not even really blaming the businesses because the businesses have to do what they have to do to sustain the business. And if 
layoffs or furloughs or salary cuts are a result of that. That's just, it's a cold decision, but it's yeah. a calculated decision, you know, where, you know, versus like it, losing, let's say 30,000 employees versus 3,000, you know, so it's like the 3,000 get cut to save the other 27,000. Yes. Um, but it, at least in a smaller operation um, like you, it's like you're sort of, you're so off the grid and independent of that, that like you, it's almost like sheltered. Yeah. I mean, I've said it in other interviews too, like when you operate outside of the system, you you obviously don't have any of the restrictions of the system, but you also don't mm-hmm. get any help from it. So yeah, um, you, <laughs> you know, don't get the benefits. Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't get the benefits. You don't have the disadvantages, but you don't have the advantages either. So mm-hmm. in this case, it's been good. I mean, let's see how long it how long this goes on. But you know, we're not planning to lay off anyone at all. That's not the That's idea. Awesome. Yeah, and um, hopefully it stays like that. But um, right, it is uh, it's pretty wild. If you could predict sort of like a year out, let's say, or like 10 to 12 months out, you know, like a vaccine is close to being developed. The stay at home has been lifted. The curve is flattened. What do you think uh, will be the long lasting effects? Do you think we're just going to snap right back into like regular society? I hope not. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really, I hope we don't because I think a lot of the system is as much as it is what was happening before it, it's broken. You know, there's a lot of parts that are not uh, not properly functioning, and this type of thing has highlighted a lot of those areas. Yeah, yeah. So I hope there's positive change uh, in a lot of those regards. Um, I hope people have more respect for you know for people who work so-called uh, what do they call it? No, low-skilled jobs or what's I can't remember mm-hmm. the, the term, but sort of um, like blue-collar workers, like yeah, you know, or service industry and yeah. all that stuff. And like I'm a, I'm I I like to tip well when I'm wherever I'm, whatever I'm doing. Um, because I I fully respect, you know, like without every single level of society working, the whole thing grinds to a halt. And this demonstrates it very, very clearly. Yeah. So um, I hope people, you know, I hope the, there's a, there's more respect and more understanding for that, that you know, everybody's work is yep. important in some way. Yeah. And uh, just because you're making, pulling down a bigger salary or get bigger bonuses or more Instagram likes or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that you're, doing something inherently superior or more important you know mm-hmm. so i hope there's more empathy coming out of it but but of course i'm worried that there won't be <laughs> it'll just it'll just be like back to the way it was yeah yeah that's the downside yeah. all right cool i think uh i think that's it thank you for your time and i hope uh y'all stay safe over there absolutely likewise dude Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to this special stay-at-home series of The Business of Hype. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to all the other episodes that we have on hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It still helps us tremendously to leave a rating, leave a comment, and share the show with others. I greatly appreciate it. You can reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Jeff Staple. This special stay-at-home series of The Business of Hype was directed by me and produced alongside Christina Hong. Social distancing was practiced during the making of these episodes, and I urge everyone, stay at home, distance yourself from others, wash your hands, cough and sneeze in your elbow, and don't touch your face. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay inspired, and we will get through this. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio.